Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast. I'm Kelly, your host. And on today's episode, we have in the house Mr. D. Ross. What up, what up? Yes, thanks for coming <laughs> out today. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, so let me brag about my brother a little bit. Uh, he has got <laughs> so much going on, y'all. He just opened the Ross Center, Yes. right? Yes. Got lots of things going on in the fire, both for-profit, non-for-profit. I mean, man. this man is a serial entrepreneur. Um, he is definitely about that life. So he's going to drop some gems on us today um, and tell us what it's like to be an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Um, and all the things that he has going on. So you want to tell us how you got started? Yeah. Um, so start with the Ross Foundation, my non-for-profit. And just because it's called a non-for-profit doesn't mean it's not a business. It is a business. That's the first mistake a lot of people make when they start a non-for-profit. They don't operate it as a business. Right, right. Uh, but I founded the Ross Foundation in 2014, became official 501c3 in 2016. So we've been around putting in work. Our mission is to end poverty uh, and get to the root causes of why people are selling drugs in the first place, why people are shooting each other in the first place. A lot of people want to incriminate people that – you know for the aftermath but they never ask why mm. they never ask why they why why are they killing each other in the first place how did they get here you know when you watch the news or the media today you know when you see a gun violence happening in our communities mm. so many people shot over the over the fourth of july weekend right um uh, but they never focus on what substance abuse they was off of they never fo- uh, focus on what mental state they was on they never focus on the build up to to this tragedy. Mm-hmm. That's what we focus on. We focus on the root causes to why people are homeless, why people are hungry, why people are killing each other, why violence is in our community. We focus on all those different things because our mission is to end poverty and, you know, by any means necessary. So the Ross Foundation came about uh, me growing up on the far east side of Indianapolis. Born and raised on 42nd and Post Road. And y'all know that area. Everybody should know about 42nd and Post Road. It's not a lot of opportunities. Uh has the, one of the biggest food, uh, food deserts in the Midwest. Um, been in the top of the charts for violence and gun violence every other year. Uh, and so I grew up in poverty. Yeah. I didn't have options. I didn't even have a grocery store. You know, and I was stuck in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about thriving. I didn't even think about starting a business. I didn't even think about sustaining. I didn't think about assets. I didn't think about investments. I didn't think about any of those different things. All I wanted to do was either be a drug dealer mm-hmm. or be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And those was the only things that, that was presented in front of me uh, coming up. So now with the Ross Foundation, what I'm doing is when when I was a drug dealer, I had so many different skill sets mm-hmm. that I didn't know I naturally inherited. Mm-hmm. And and then when I started my nonprofit and my for-profits, I was able to cross over those skill sets into a more legal term. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about those skill sets. Mm-hmm. What do you think that you learned in that process? And Man. how did you flip it? Whew. You know... You know, one of my uh, things I do right now is real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, when I t- go on a block today and, I, and I'm teaching people how to get into real estate, mm-hmm. 
I tell them, man, instead of trying to flip some pounds and bricks, we could be flipping homes. Right. Uh, we are natural entrepreneurs. We're just selling the wrong product. Exactly. And so that's what I'm trying to push out, but they got to see it. Mm-hmm. Model in front of them. They're not going to believe it until they actually can visualize it. Mm-hmm. And so me being from that area mm-hmm. and used to be on the block with them, now they can see the model. Mm-hmm. Now they can see the blueprint. Because, man, D was just out on the block, gang banging, uh, and shootouts, and selling drugs with us, partying every night. He changed his life around for the better. Mm-hmm. So if he can do it, why not me? <laughs> why, why can't why I do it? <laughs> right. So what do you have going on right now? Man, so... So we got the Ross Foundation nonprofit. We just opened up our community center, the Ross Center. Uh, we just launched. Uh, I just launched another business. It's called the Root Therapy. All right. It's a mental health agency. Um, and, mental health is so important in our community, right? Especially during COVID, right? Yeah. Disproportionately, Black people are impacted by mental illnesses more than any other background or or, or race. And, you know, it's a stigma around therapy, mm-hmm. especially in the black commu- community. And so it's our job to normalize therapy. Absolutely. And we have to to overcome the systemic racism, systemic poverty, the systemic conditions that we are upon uh, about. And so I created this mental health agency. We are the first um, black owned mental health and trauma clinic. Well, the only trauma mental health and trauma clinic on the far east side of indianapolis yeah, speak to it because i've done the research i was on the ground level come on trying to find a mental health facility on the far east side yeah so what we're doing is changing the narrative right and oh uh, and to backpedal the Ralph center is the the uh the youngest i'm the youngest person to open up a community center in indiana and also we have the d ross community park only person alive with their own park name after them. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to do is instill hope. Yeah. Give them something they could grab onto right now versus waiting until I'm dead. And so the mental health agency is a component where uh, we're targeting black and brown communities mm-hmm. uh, intentionally. Uh, we have culturally sensitive therapists uh, on staff. Uh, we do accept uh, Medicaid. Um, and, you know, and we work with people without, who don't have health care, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, who have a disadvantage, awesome. you know. Uh, and, and also the biggest component is we do mental health education. Yes. And so it's two sides of the mental health agency. We have one side that's more for profit mm-hmm. uh, through the Medicaid system. Then the other side is more nonprofit where we're giving back because a lot of people just need to be educated about their behaviors, their emotions, um, their mental state. A lot of people just don't know. You ever had that feeling when you wake up in the morning, you just don't know why you feeling sad? Mm-hmm. Why you feeling angry? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you just upset at the world and you don't know. Or you want to be isolated from everybody, just want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Or you feel alone or abandoned yeah. Yeah. and you don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. And this is a challenge to even recognize that actual feeling, right? Man, it's, it, it is a challenge. And so that's why we want to have the mental health edu- education. Mm-hmm. So the biggest reason why 
uh, the mental health agency came about is all those things I said, but also if you think about a nonprofit, uh, it started, most nonprofits start with a for-profit. And, you know, you think about wealthy people, they only did, they created a nonprofit for tax purposes. Mm. Most of them, like 90%. (laughs) We started backwards. We started a nonprofit just to get back. Mm -hmm. But we want to get away from just depending on grants and government entity funding. And so we had to figure out what can we do to bring in our own streams of revenue to sustain our nonprofit business. Mm -hmm. So inside the Raw Center will be our mental health agency. Instead of us looking for money to sustain the Raw Center, the mental health agency is going to be able to sustain those resources and building uh, facility operations based off that agency. You know, uh, full-time therapists there can make 10000 a month. Mm-hmm. Do the math. Yeah, y'all. He flipped the game. Yeah, exactly. And so now we give him back and making money mm-hmm. and sustaining because it's about creating a legacy. Mm-hmm. You don't want to create something that's not going to last for 100 plus years. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to put something in motion. Like I tell anybody, don't start a business if you ain't you ain't here for the long haul. Don't don't just do it for the short haul because it, it, you you doing a disservice to yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to give your full in. You got to be fully invested into your business, and you got to think about generational wealth, mm-hmm. right? And generational wealth is being able to sustain something into the next generation, mm-hmm. so they could take the ropes and take it from there. Especially in your family pipeline. And so everybody's really talking about generational wealth, generational wealth. Yeah. Um, what have you done in the community that promotes that generational wealth? Um, so, so I look at, so everybody ties generational wealth to money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Generational wealth is so much bigger than just money. Yeah. I mean, it's assets, but also it's mental health. If you are changing, if you are breaking generational curses within your family, generational norms within your family, then that is generational wealth. Because now they are being positioned, they are coming into this world in a position to focus on thriving and not surviving. Absolutely. You know, and they don't have to worry about reliving the the, the generational traumas passed down from their parents and grandparents or their environment and they are mentally prepared for this world. That's generational wealth to me. Yes. And so, man, I tell people success is also, it's not about how much money you have. Mm-hmm. It's about how much time you have. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of people work nine to fives or for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. And they come out retired at 60 or 70. When they when they come out retired, you know, like, now they want to live. Yeah. Well, you're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> so time it's is like, short. Time is short to live your life now. Yeah. So I tell, and, and then the same thing in the streets. Mm-hmm. Some, some like you're, you know, running the streets, you are cutting down your, your life, mm-hmm. your time to live. So I tell people all the time this quote I always say, we need to uh, 
Stop living to die Mm -hmm. and start dying to live. And that's real talk, and we got to take care of ourselves. Yes. So with everything you got going on with the profit, the for-profit stuff, the park, everything, all the things that you're a part of, because y'all, he make moves, right? He all over the city. Man, I got How do you balance it all? Man, because I just launched another business. I got a whole staffing agency. He about to have like a dozen. He about to have like a dozen eggs up in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the way I do it is... Like, I operate around passion. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's easy for me to balance because what I do mm-hmm. is healing for me. Awesome. So my work is therapy. Mm-hmm. So anything I'm creating and bringing into this world is a part of helping, helping me heal. Mm-hmm. And, and our, our community heal. And so I, see, I operate around the need. I don't just create a business that's not needed. A lot of people want to just create a uh, a business that's not needed, mm-hmm. and that's real talk because if it's not needed, who do you sell to, right? Man, who who's you who's sell, your right? consumers? And so a lot of people come up with an idea, but they don't always have a vision of who will this affect and yeah. how will this make money, right? Got to have an audience to have a business. Man, and, and, and you got to think about it. I grew up on the Far East Side, so we got one of the, the top rates of unemployment, mm-hmm. and so it, it made sense for me to start a staffing agency. That was different from all the other staffing agencies. You got Elwood, you got Kelly Services, you got all these different ones, but they take so much money off mm-hmm. the, the the employer mm-hmm. uh, uh, pay. And so when the employer, say the employer is giving Kelly Services $25 an hour, mm-hmm. they'll take $7 off mm-hmm. and pay you $18 an hour. No, I want to flip that. Mm-hmm. I want to cut that middleman because it ain't about the money for me right i want my people to be in a position to thrive so we may take a couple of dollars off mm-hmm. but we ain't taking no seven dollars off no we want to put that back we want to invest that back into you mm-hmm. you right and we want to make sure that you mentally mentally prepared mm-hmm. let's go back to that generational wealth thinking like a lot of people want to have job fairs mm-hmm. and just send people out but they never do the follow-up most of those people who get those jobs probably don't last uh, 90 days you know, it's a, it's it's small ratio. It's a small percentage that makes it long term, because we didn't tackle the root causes. We didn't mentally prepare them mm-hmm. for them to emotionally be able to sustain that job. This is a new environment that they are going into, mm-hmm. and so and then jobs is not for everybody. Right. I tell everybody if you're going to work a nine to five, have a plan. Yeah. If you're going to go to college, have a plan. Know what you're going to going to college for. Mm-hmm. Don't go to college if you don't have a plan. You don't know what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Wasting money. You wasting money. Yeah. Don't get this job if you don't have a plan. Yeah. Like <laughs> I even tell people in the streets. Yeah. Don't risk going to jail if you don't got a plan. Right. So making sure you got to focus, right? <laughs> Without a focus, where you going? Right? <laughs> Man, you got to have a vision because it's like the plan is everything. Mm-hmm. My, when I transitioned out of the streets, like I had a plan. Mm-hmm. And, and, but the thing is, what we need to do is have a support system around that plan. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the plan, what's next? What's next for D-Ross? Man, what's next for me is I ain't done launching businesses. I'm 32. So, okay. like, 
So what I'm trying to do is now put people in position to run the businesses so I can just travel and I'm dropping a book called Why Not Me, you know, talking about my whole journey, my life. Um, but I feel like my purpose is to inspire billions of people to look in the mirror and say, why not me? Tell us where we can find that book at. Oh, man. So definitely on all social media outlets. You can find me on D Ross, D-E-E Ross, R-O-S-S. Uh, I mean, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on Kindle. It's going to be everywhere. Like, What's the drop date? The drop date. You want to be on the lookout, right? <laughs> Whew. The drop day is in August. And so I'm I'm a perfectionist in in a sense, a little bit. So I want to make sure that I'm giving my all in this book. Like I don't want to pull out put out anything that's not going to be impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want this to be this is this is my baby. Uh, it's called Why Not Me. And that's my slogan uh that I go by uh and so I want to inspire people. I really want to inspire people across the world. And I want to be able to travel, go talk to different universities, uh, different colleges. I mean, I do it here statewide, mm-hmm. but my I feel like my my vision is global. And so I tell mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, don't put a ceiling on your dreams. Yes. You know, and at times when I was growing up on Post Road, I didn't, like, I was only just, cling to post road mm-hmm. i never saw myself traveling i never saw my like when i went to downtown i felt like it was a different city mm-hmm. when i went to uh uh hallville i thought it was a different state mm-hmm. when i went to avon i thought it was a different country mm-hmm. so i stayed in my norms i'm like i ain't mm-hmm. going so imagine going to a different state or a different country yeah. and, and 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 so i tell people um you need to get exposed mm-hmm. to life because it's going to help your business. Mm-hmm. When you start understanding the, the, the culture you're living in mm-hmm. across the world, yeah. um, start thinking global yeah. instead of local, mm-hmm. that's how you know you got a business. Because if your business can make it globally, mm-hmm. then you, you, that's, something, that's, that's something you need to uh, wrap your arms around. Because if you, if you look, if, you, if, you, if you're just thinking local, you're thinking too small-minded. Mm-hmm. We got to open our minds to the world. Uh, you think about Nike, mm-hmm. think about Google, think about Amazon, you think about all these businesses. They may have started local, mm-hmm. but their vision was always global. Yes. So as an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, and balancing all the things that you're balancing, what advice do you have on yeah. how to take care of yourself uh, for other entrepreneurs that are mm-hmm. up and coming, who have a, you know, they got families, they got, you know, a lot of things going on, a, a lot of pots in the fire, right? Yeah. How would you, like, what would you advise them to do in order to balance that all Man. out and be able to take care of themselves <laughs> yeah. um, and give back to their community in the process? You got to learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we can be too selfless. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so you got to have a balance of selfless, being selfless and self-care. Every entrepreneur I deal with, even including myself, if you don't tackle self-care, mm-hmm. if you don't make that a priority, your business may fail. Yeah. You have a higher percentage of your business failing if you're not prior- or prioritizing self-care. Mm-hmm. 
Because you got to understand when you run in a business or start in a business, it comes with anxiety. It comes with stress. It comes with different worries. It comes with things backfiring or not going according to the plan. You got to be mentally prepared mm-hmm. for those hiccups, for those roadblocks, so you could uh, so you could weather the storm. Mm-hmm. And, and so I tell people like I'm in therapy, like I talk about everything, mm-hmm. all my businesses, my life, everything, because everything is interconnected, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Everything impacts the other, and and so whether you trying to separate your businesses from your personal life, it's hard. Because if you're having, if you're not happy at home, or or you still suffering from trauma, or childhood trauma, mm-hmm. or abandonment, or having mental illness, that whether you like it or not, is going some way or somehow is going to impact your business. Absolutely, I see that a lot um, with some of the entrepreneurs that I teach. Those traumas end up holding them back, mm-hmm. um, whether it's speaking or putting themselves out front. Um, I actually had a, a, a student who had been minimizing herself because she had to do that from her trauma, right? Yeah. She learned that behavior. Um, and so I think it's so awesome that you bring up that, you know, you sometimes you need to go to therapy, prepare yourself mentally to deal with the things that come along with having a business, right? Because you got to be able to talk about your business, right? Right? You got to be able to talk about yourself. And if you can't yeah. do those things, then how do you promote and grow, grow because, your business? Because your story is the seller. It's mm-hmm. the number one seller for anyone buying your product. Absolutely. They want to know the the reason behind the business, mm-hmm. and that goes back to social entrepreneurship. Yes, if you got to start, people need to start looking at it as, how can I impact this world mm-hmm. with this business? Mm-hmm. How can I help people with this business? Yes. How can I change lives with this business? How can I uh, fill a need with this business? Yes. and then. What is your personal tie to it? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have no personal connection, that passion, mm-hmm. the reason behind it, then the buyer is not going to believe in your business. Absolutely. And so you got to have that mission mm-hmm. and that story. And you got to have that why. You got to know your why as an entrepreneur. Yes. Meet y'all. Got to know your why. Yeah. Straight up. Thank you so much um, for dropping by yeah. and sharing all this knowledge with us. Um, can you tell people where they can find you at? If they want to get with D Ross, they want to donate to D Ross or come alongside the, the Ross Center. Um, hit us up with some information to be able to contact. Oh, before I say that, I, I want to mention one more thing. Uh, don't get discouraged if you don't have the titles and the accolades or the education Come on with it. to start that business. Your story is enough. Mm-hmm. Your experiences is enough. That Your why is enough. Mm-hmm. Don't make me say preach, preach. And, and I always talk about human capital. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a PhD in social work to start a social work business. Mm-hmm. Because you already have a PhD in your community. So you know how things socially works mm-hmm. don't get this discouraged leap as steve harvey says mm-hmm. uh, i would say find me on all again social media outlets at d ross uh d-e-e ross r-o-s-s uh you can look up the ross foundation uh at the ross foundation community.org 
Man, look out for Why Not Me book. I'm going to have a website soon, so don't worry about that. It's coming for sure. And, yeah, like, if you want to tap into what I got going on and or you need somebody to uh, pour into you, hey, I'm here for that too. Well, as always, yeah. make sure that we do what? Get, Get the, the bag. bag. Hey. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs>